As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. doing i really hope you're having a wonderful week i know it's a lot of stuff going out on out there in the world i was talking to my mom and most of you who listen to me hear me uh, share about my mom from time to time but it's just a lot going on and if we're not focusing on the right thing um we can get caught up so i just want us to be a lot more careful about what's going on out there in our lives, okay? Um, uh, I was talking to a really good friend of mine, and um, they've been looking for um, a nephew for some months, and they just couldn't understand where he was. And um, I think it was two days ago they found his body in the river, but it's because this poor little 18-year-old was depressed. And we know depression is of the enemy. So I'm saying to my listeners out there, and, you know, John and Angela and myself, we've shared with you, um, you don't have to do anything by yourself. Um, we're very clear with the scriptures that God said he'd never leave you or forsake you. That's like number one. The other thing is, if you were meant to be by yourself, You would be the only one here on earth, and you're not. So we're here for you. Call us. Everybody knows how to reach us. It's our Facebook, our Twitter. It doesn't matter. We are here for you. We don't want anybody going through anything alone. That's that's not cool, like the kids would say right about now. That's not cool, Pastor LaRoya. It's not cool. So, um, But anyway, guess what? Um, We're here the first Friday in June. Yay! Do you know what we celebrate amongst other things? But one of the real fabulous things that we celebrate in June is Father's Day. And I know for some people that too is difficult because either you don't know your father or you didn't have a father in the home or you would wish your father was different. So there's all kinds of things going on, but... You're here, and as a man, um, you can make it better. You can be the better dad or the better father. So we have an awesome guest today that's going to kind of walk us through some things about what it means to be a father, what that looks like, and even what that feels like. Um, Sometimes we have the wrong um, thought processes, and that's why we have the wrong, we get the wrong results. But I found a little bit of uh, trivia 
you know, usually John and I like to um, give you some trivia. But listen, it was July 19th, 1910. And it was then called the governor of the state of Washington, D.C. He proclaimed the first Father's Day. However, it wasn't until 1972, 58 years after President Woodrow Wilson made Mother's Day official, that Father's Day actually became a nationwide holiday. I don't know why that is, but that's something. I didn't know that it was in 72 that um, that, that happened. And do you know, we were celebrating it, of course, but it didn't become a national holiday until then. The other thing is there are more than 70 million fathers in the United States. 70 million. That's a lot. And even though this is what this is telling me, you know, you have to Google stuff now a days to really get the real news. But even though they say 70 million, we hear too many things going on for us to really fall for that. There are too many uh, fathers that are not represented in the home. And so we get a concern that, that there's a concern for us when those kinds of things are happening. So I'm going to, without further ado, because we're a little after four and I hope He's all settled and ready by his phone. I want you to welcome with me from Agape Solutions, Pastor Milton Harding. Welcome, Pastor. We are so glad you are here and we are with bated breath and anticipation to hear you speak. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm doing fine, Pastor LaRoya. Thank you for having me. I'm honored, and I counted the privilege being a part of the show. And so, uh, yeah, just thank you for having me. Oh, we are glad. We are really glad that you're here. And the other wonderful thing about that is that you get to um, start off our show for the month, and we're going to celebrate fathers. And sometimes when people think about, you know, celebrating fathers, that doesn't happen. It's like an oxymoron because of all the negative, you know, connotations. And so that's why I'm so glad that you, um, uh, when, when I asked you and you were available, that's the blessing. And then you um, welcomed us uh, with open arms and lots of information. Um, can you just tell my um, listening audience a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Agape Solutions? Well, yes, I've uh, been in the ministry for 20 years as a pastor, most of it, and the predominant most of it, uh, in pastoral counsel, mm-hmm. pastoral care. I've, I'm a shepherd by nature. Okay. And so uh, the passion that God burned in my heart was for uh, men being uh, earthly cornerstones, if you will, uh, for every institution that God has put together. Uh, whether that be the home, the church, the community, or whatever, government, schools, whatever. Right. And so I didn't necessarily come up with the greatest picture for what family meant or even what um, being a godly man, husband, or father was. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for whatever reason, God chose to uh, equip me with that passion, and so I do have it. And uh, so primarily I'm I'm a pastor to other pastors to encourage and strengthen them, Mm -hmm. as well as to men being on point for families. And uh, I do want to say uh, to all the fathers out there, first of all, uh, uh, an early greeting for Father's Day, and right. I'm glad to be a part of the celebration. Also, I'm glad to be a part of the father uh, fabric, having uh, four children, uh, oh, awesome. three girls and a boy. Uh-huh. Yes, and, and there was a time I didn't want to have children because I didn't understand what that all meant. And then okay. Jesus came, and uh, yeah. he made me a steward of those children. So anyway, that's a little bit of my background. And so when I say passion, passionate about this, yes, um, yes, that's exactly what I mean. But, you know, you, you used a word right there. You said steward. Can you explain yeah. what that really means, what the steward's um, responsibility when it comes to fatherhood? 
Well, let me speak that the way it was spoken to me by the Spirit of God. Amen. One of my one of my fears for wanting to have children, especially when when I was unsaved and my wife and I were dating, um, or I was trying to be known by her, um, <laughs> I, it was just too scary for me to figure out how to be one a husband, much less a father. Got it. And so when we got married. Uh, first of all, I got saved, and then we got married, and then uh, a few years later, we started having children. But this is what God spoke to me. Mm-hmm. He says, these won't be your children. Wow. These will be my children. You will be a steward of those children. And mm-hmm. when he said it that way, I had his word. His word taught me how to raise my children. And let me also uh, preface that by saying, we don't raise perfect children. There's mm-hmm. only one that's perfect. But we can raise obedient children to the things of God. And so that was what I was to model. That was what I was called to. Mm-hmm. And um, they are all adult children now. And so oh. I think I would get a fairly decent report card from them. <laughs> and, and I want to say to the fathers who feel like, well, gee, I'm not there. Please hear this. It doesn't mean that we haven't had challenges. It right. doesn't mean that we haven't fallen down and gotten up. It doesn't mean that we don't have fathering bruises, because we do. Right. And that's where you rely completely upon the Word of God and the Spirit of God to strengthen you through those times. So, But I wouldn't trade fatherhood in for anything in the world, Got for it. anything in the world. I understand. No. I understand. And, and the other thing about that is... Um, I don't think a lot of men, and they, it, it may not be their all their fault, but they get um, enough kudos for being father. Do you understand? Yes. We hear about the other side all the time. Yes. We hear about the ones who are not being, you know, quote unquote, good fathers or in the home. But like the conversation you and I had, um, you know, D-A-D or F-A-T-H-E-R does not equate to father because they're M-A-N, you know, exactly. and so exactly. a lot of well, time, uh-huh, go ahead. No, well, um, that's great, yeah, and so so um, being a male doesn't qualify. Every, every man comes in as a male. Right. There is a transition from being a male to being a son of God, being a husband of God, and being a father of God, and they have the same foundation, if you will, and that is to, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but that is okay. to, um, to to love God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind. It begins there. Right. And so what transforms you from being just a male to being a man is the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's where the, the transitioning platform is. Absolutely. And so just because you're able to father a child, yeah. you get the label as father, but to be a man of God who knows how to father in a godly way. Those are two different locations. Okay, but you know what you said? You said something else that kind of opens up a door. You said love. What happens when a man doesn't, has not seen love? So Ah, he does not know how to show love. You're speaking to one. I had a father coming up who was physically present in the home, who provided for uh, food on the table, roof over my head, and uh, clothes on my back, that element. Um, but as far as having a uh, an intimate relationship as a father and uh-huh, son, uh-huh. just wasn't present. Now, also, there are many things that go into not being able to experience that as a father and a, from a, between a father and a son. Right. So when you've not seen the model of love, right. excuse me, uh, mm-hmm. it is hard to duplicate it. And men have always been positioned by God to teach their sons. And one of the ways in which they teach their sons, that and that is to model love. Right. And so l- let me tell you, the, the turning point in my life, and I have no other uh, way to explain it, and I don't Knowing what I know about Christ now, I don't have, I don't care to try to explain it any other way because I know what the difference was. Right. The because I didn't have that connection with my father when I got saved, everything that I may have lacked or missed between an earthly father and an earthly son, mm-hmm. my heavenly father has more than run my cup over, if you will, in wow. teaching me how to be th- that 
that godly father. Right. And so um, I also, you know, had that season of being, uh, uh, let's say, estranged from my father because I was bitter about, um, you know, I came up in basically an alcoholic household. And so I had that bitterness buried in my heart. But when Christ came, I was set free from that, mm-hmm. able to restore my relationship with my father because mm-hmm. I understood I understood right. from my heavenly father what it was to have a father-son relationship. Right. And so that's what set me free. And when I say to love, it's an unconditional love. That's a love that has to be taught. It's not automatic. Right. Most of what we see in the land today, in the culture today, is cultural today, is, is a lust as opposed to yes. a love, which means a, not necessarily sexually speaking, but just uh, gratifying the flesh. You know, right. and so we try to buy children, we try to uh, um, meet every little whim and need that they have, and 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 so that's not true unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to experience that, that's something that has to be taught, and it can only be taught, uh, as you know, from one location. You can't get it from Doctor Phil. You can't get it from anywhere else. It has got to come from God Almighty Himself. I know. Do you? You know, I don't mean to cut you off, but do you think that? No, uh, and I know you do think this. That some of our problem as a society is that we do have. You know, Doctor Phil has his place. I'm not saying that there's oh, something absolutely. wrong with that. I don't. Absolutely. You know, I don't yes. care about yes. that. Whatever. Oprah has her place, and you know the other um, talk show things that, the that books, are going the on. Yes, the books, exactly. the magazines, all those, the coaching people that are out there. But a lot of times, I think that they take away from God's intention. How do you feel about that? Uh, I feel strongly about that. Let me just say this. I am one who completely believes that I was created by God. Okay. I have Amen. No questions about that. Amen. Having been completed by God, yes. I can't look to other things to instruct or oh, teach me my goodness. how I am to be as Say that a again. Man. You have to say that I, again. Say that okay. again. I, <laughs> I know without a shadow of a doubt right. that I was created by God. Yes. And because I was created by God, I can't look to man to fix me. I can't look to rely upon man's philosophy to fix me. It has got to be the supernatural Word of God which transformed me. Let me also share with you that uh, man wasn't able to snatch cocaine out my nose. Man wasn't able to take pot out of my breath. Man wasn't able to extract alcohol from my being. Mm -hmm. Man wasn't able to take promiscuity out of my life. And so when you know and experience that and you have nothing else you can attribute to except the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, hook, line, and sinker, I'm all in. Okay. And so <laughs> we, we, don't use, we don't use a Mercedes-Benz uh, um, uh, repair manual on a Ford product. Okay. You have to go to who created you. Right. And based on your That's thought processes, if you, mm-hmm. if you believe we just showed up through uh, some, some other way, yeah, let's no. say, if you, came, if you believe we came some other way, you will have those thought processes. But if you believe that God is your creator, Mm-hmm. and that Jesus is your Lord, mm-hmm. that's who shapes and molds you to be what he desires you to be, not what man thinks you ought to be. Right. Um, you used a, a statement uh, even early on when you said love. Um, if you haven't seen love, how can you um, yeah. um, produce it? And well, see, even right. especially in this culture, we have to define love. We have to define what love means. Yes. Because when the culture says love and when believers say love, those are two different terms almost. Exactly. And, and, well, not almost, but they are. One's mm-hmm. unconditional. One's unconditional. And in other words, I'm built and shaped in a way that I cannot not love you right. because of Christ in me. But in the world, when we use that term, it's almost more so I need you to accommodate my needs, whatever mm-hmm. my uh, self-centeredness, whatever my flesh desires, whatever it is that I'm, I want. If you don't love me that way, that means then you don't love me. And that's not, that's not the way it is in Christ. And so to your earlier question, I defer completely trust in God who created me. Uh, to manifest what it is that he wanted of my life as a godly man, as a godly husband and father. Absolutely. And um, it, 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 this topic was is so uh, uh, I don't know makes me more passionate about it because Good. it's an it's an easy one to learn and to teach and to model because we have our heavenly father. Right. And so, in order to be an earthly father, you've got to be the son of a heavenly father, Mm -hmm. and he teaches you how to be an earthly father. So we can draw our 
um, ways, our mindsets, our thoughts, our be- all of what we are as uh, fathers, we can draw it from our Heavenly Father. Absolutely. And our Heavenly Father. And so that's the richness of the relationship. And, you um, know, I, um, I I told you before I write, so, I, you know, I've authored some yeah. things. And one of my favorite things to write is um, curriculum for children and youth and young adult ministries. And so some years ago I wrote this um, Characteristics of a Godly Father. It, it was a four-week curriculum. And what it did was I went through scripture and I found, you know, godly characteristics, meaning, you know, what God is, love and, you know, hope and joy and peace and discipline right, right, right. and all those things. And I, I wrote the curriculum up. And at first I was so excited because I wanted everybody to, to teach it. The teachers were excited. The kids were excited, except for one time. And this is nobody but God. A little boy came to me and he said, but my father's not any of these things. And I, I never missed a beat, though, Pastor Harding. I said, well, we're going to pray. Which ones do you want your daddy to have? And that's what we're going to start praying for. And yeah. then I yeah. added a piece of that curriculum, and it said, if your father's missing any of these, because you know, we know, you and I know, that God said ask and he'll freely give. Absolutely. So we got an agreement and began to pray changes you know, in men, so that they would be godly fathers. Because I didn't want any man to think, like we spoke earlier, that it's just something that just falls on you like a coat. (laughs) Because it does not. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I love what you said about that, because there will be men and women, wives, who who are listening in now, and, and they would echo the same thing, but I don't have that. But let me say this to you, because I wouldn't be on this show if there wasn't hope. I know what changes a man. And so the hope, the reason we're having this conversation is because there is hope to get to that place where those young men and women out there who are our children can experience the love that God has provided for them through husbands and and, and wives, and right. to, uh, fathers and mothers. And so let me say, even to the moms who maybe there isn't a father in the home, mm-hmm. Psalm 23, verse 1. Come on, that's my, my favorite. Shepherd. That I meditate I on that every day. Absolutely. Want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want it. Right. So whatever is missing, and I'm telling you, I'm a living product of this. Whatever is missing in that child's life mm-hmm. from a father, God provides it all because yes. there is not one child that has come through the womb that wasn't a gift. He says children That's right. are, are a gift from God. That's right. And so he provides for every child that has come in this world. Right. And so whether he, if, he, if he or she is without a father, listen to me. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, your heavenly father will provide whatever is missing. Absolutely. And you don't know. When you're when you're cracking the top on a uh, some puree peas or carrots, <laughs> and you're feeding them to that child, you right. don't know who the next astronaut is. Come that on, God is that's right. You don't know who the next president is. You don't nope. know. So, so I'm saying, I'm saying to you, uh, I know that Christ works, and He works in fathers to be the ones that will lead their families, you know, through all of this process, especially the culture that we're dealing with now. And I like the way you share, um, Pastor Harding, that um, even you, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes people, when, when I share something, when they say, oh, well, that's just you. I say, excuse me? God is no yeah, respecter person. Passes, I'm we? afraid not. I wish I no. did, but I did. And then I do preface it by telling him this. Even though I am his favorite, I still have to do what he says. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Hallelujah. Absolutely. So yeah, I share we... that. I said, look, I know I'm his favorite. But I still have to do the right thing. Yeah, and absolutely. So, and, and so there's some people, and we're talking to men right now, but of course, women, we want you to know that God is no respecter of person. And if this, if the shoe fits, put it on. And yeah, if you need us yeah. to help you tie it, we will. But we want <laughs> men to understand that there's so many times, um, and, and you can attest to this and speak to it if you like, there are so many times that men feel that they're alone because there's so much burden on them. I've I've counseled men who said to me, I just can't handle it anymore. And I said, that's because you wasn't supposed to. Right. You wasn't, right. you, exactly. wasn't you to handle it. 
you know, yeah. and so speak to that a little bit because there's some well, men. Let me. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. For sure, and and again, that's a lane of ministry for me mm. uh, that I'm passionate about. Um, I encounter uh, numerous men who are actually trying to be lone rangers in this whole approach exactly. of doing life. Right. And here is the sad part about it: the life they're doing is not even true life. So it makes it extra difficult, even right. more so difficult. And when I say true life, First uh, John 5 tells us, he who has the Son has yes. life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. And so when you are trying to do this thing without the Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. who who said, come unto me, all of you who are heavy That's what I'm saying. And, burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. It's easy. Learn from me. That's right. Yeah. And so, so, so. Up to the and again, I run into this all the time. For the father that feels like, boy, I've messed it up, mm-hmm. or I'm all alone trying to make this happen, or they would say I'm not getting the support from my wife, or mm-hmm. I'm not getting the support from this place or that place. Let me say this: the Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. is your source. Yep. I can do all things through Christ, every little which thing strengthens me. True. And so, being a father, being a father. It, we were all designed by God to be in community with one another. Right. We were never designed to be alone. In fact, Jesus says his, his death was for the ones that were kicked to the curb, if you will, right. the cast off, the ones right. that the world says, you don't amount to anything, you're not worth anything. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that the richness of his blood encapsulated us all. Absolutely. And he, and he called us to be in community with one another, mm-hmm. but not without his word and not without his Holy Spirit. And so for that father that's trying to do it alone, uh, now is your time because you're hearing it right now in this broadcast. Absolutely. There is your time Absolutely. to embrace what the Lord has designed you for and not be what it is at the end. The enemy would not like anything better than to separate you right. from community. Right. And, uh, you know, men can chop and men. And fathers oh, yeah. can shop in fathers. Absolutely. And what I've discovered in counseling a lot of, of, of men is that they think that their their, their stuff is unique. Right. Like nobody else's. Nobody's the, ever the, gone the, through the, this before. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But the scriptures tell us there's nothing new under the sun. Not one thing. Nothing new Not under the sun. Not one thing. Amen. And so you will, you will be surprised as a father to discover that once you enter into fellowship, genuine fellowship with other fathers, you will discover that God, in fact, the scripture says, he comforts us mm-hmm. in all of our afflictions, right. that we might comfort others who are, who are in, have any afflictions right. in the same way in which we were comforted. So right. God expects to minister to our hearts as fathers yes, he so does. that we can be ministers to other fathers as well as to our families and et cetera. He so never, yes, don't do this thing alone. Right. He never, he never wanted men to to feel like the lone ranger he never mm-hmm. never uh, jeremiah 33 says what call unto me and i will answer uh, you. Yeah, okay yes, yes, and yes, so yes. and then what does it tell us in james if we lack wisdom what we can ask, ask. so i give that liberally me, just pour yes, that on you. right and i and, remind and, and him of that daily too, so no problem yes yes yeah you know when when we make that we we speak that scripture. Mm-hmm. It is so powerful when you when you do it, and God does pour it. Right, that's the experience. It, he didn't say ask for it and then act like you didn't get it. Exactly, he is definitely going to pour it out on you. And that's as a right. father, let me say this. Uh, and I wanted to, to preface this also coming on. I am not a perfect father, and my wife and my children will tell you that. But I <laughs> I will say. I'm an obedient father. Okay, that's important. An obedient father doesn't mean that you're perfect right. and that you don't miss them. It just means that you're allowing God to perfect you when you fall. Right. The only sin that he can't address, and that's what helps a lot of fathers stay isolated, is mm-hmm. because we believe that the sin is greater than the God yeah. who can set us free from it. Never happened. Right. Never. Here comes a nugget for you. Here okay. comes a nugget. Okay. It wasn't the symptom of drugs and drinking and chasing women mm-hmm. they, they, they that he set me free from. Here's a nugget. He set me free from me. Oh. All of that other stuff was just symptoms. Exactly. When, when he set me free from me, mm-hmm. and then I repent towards him, yeah. now I'm walking with him. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once so and forever, said, forever now. Right. For, for, yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> so, forever. So, so I don't have to hide when I've done something or if I've fallen or whatever. And you say, well, but you're a pastor. You can't. No, 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 no. We Like you said, we don't get all, we don't <laughs> get all passes. I am like, his favorite, but yeah, I still have to yeah, be obedient. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm saying to the fathers that are listening and even to the wives who have husbands who are fathers that are mm-hmm, listening, mm-hmm. there is hope in Christ. Yes. And that's the message I really want to bring tonight. That's the hope. We have hope in Christ. And I'm I'm testifying that I'm a product of that hope. Mm-hmm. And he's no respecter of persons. He didn't key. just do this for Pastor Milton. Amen. He'll do it to all who will call upon his name. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what's so yeah. wonderful. You asked earlier about the, the role of a father, and I'm certainly I'd lead the pack in love because that's what I see my Heavenly Father yeah, doing. Yeah. You know, And so in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and, and verse 1 and 2, uh, we find exactly what God had instructed fathers to do. Mm-hmm. And fathers were to teach not only themselves, but they were to teach their sons and their grandsons. Right. Much of what we wrestle with in the culture today is that fathers haven't passed that on down to generations. Exactly. And so we are now uh, harvesting uh, a crop of, of, of children, if yeah. you will, who have no idea who our the God of our fathers, mm-hmm. you understand what I'm I saying? Do, and, I so, do. and so there's no connection to the one who set them free from Egypt. Right. And so... And so that testimony from fathers to their sons and to their grandsons was, was to perpetuate the Almighty, the I Am, from generation to generation to generation. Mm-hmm. And even with what we're dealing with today, and Pastor, I tell you, I know there is an excitement in my spirit okay. that the darker it gets, the light that does crease through and turns this stuff around. Yeah. It will begin with men who will be husbands and fathers that God has called. Because that's the way he has always done it. Yeah, he's not going to change his way because the world has gone stupid. He's not going to change his way. Right. Right. He's not. And, and, And the beauty of that is... It's never too late to get on board. Right. It's not like you miss something because exactly. he is the Alpha and the Omega, and the and the and the message never changes. Exactly. Changes. Um, I wanted to speak a little bit, and I don't know if you. Well, let me let me take your lead because I guess no, that, no, no. I, I, I no, you are taking my lead, but you you keep moving. What do you mean? Well, look, <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to throw out a little recipe, if you will. And, yes. And sometimes, you know, it's like preaching a sermon, but I don't want to get there. But but just a little recipe. But you can, for, you know. It, okay. But remember, <laughs> remember, we prayed before the show. We, yes, you know, we did. I Absolutely. always pray before any um, airtime because. I don't care if we're talking about how to make potted plants. I want God to get the glory. It doesn't (laughs) matter to me. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, well, so a godly recipe for willing fathers. I'm going to just give you three areas which pay dividends overnight almost. And when I say almost, I mean you have to weigh into uh, this relationship with God, not looking at the scriptures or looking at God as a medicine cabinet. Okay. That's, that's, That's not what you're shooting for. Right. He is... He is life. Yeah. So every aspect about our being should be God. Right. Just as you said, if I'm going to put plants together, I'm going to seek God as to how that is to be done. And so Absolutely. Um, the first, the first <clears throat> ingredient we have to have as fathers is that we must, without this initial ingredient, mm-hmm. our wives or our children don't stand a chance. We must be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. It must begin there. Let me tell, let me say again what I didn't just say. (laughs) I didn't say we have to go to church on Sunday. Right. I said we must be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. I think you need to define disciples because hold on. That has been the buzzword for several years. Like some bishop said it. And so he brought it to his church and he didn't teach it to his church, but he just said, we're going to make disciples. But nobody knows what disciples well, are what except for mean? those people. <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. Let me, let, okay. Let, let me give you a very uh, condensed but yet majorly effective uh, definition for that word disciple. Okay. Now, we, you can have disciples of anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hitler had disciples. Oh, yeah. 
Hell's okay. angels so are a, disciples, yes. Absolutely. Uh-huh. So a disciple is no more than a person who is following the lead teacher or lead of a philosophy or lead, lead, uh, lead of a thought process exactly. with the intent of manifesting the teaching. Absolutely. That's a disciple. Now, mm-hmm. let's shift that. When I say we must be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, everything else is off limits. We're talking about being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. So what does that mean? That means that we are sold out to the teaching mm-hmm. of the Lord Jesus Christ with the express intent to live it out. Right. It's, it is our life. It is not like we go to class or mm-hmm. we go to Sunday school or we go to a Bible study. The whole intent of being disciple. When you make a disciple, a disciple is one who is going to be hot mm-hmm. after Christ. Right. Hot after Christ. Right. And and and, and so, in terms of a very simple definition, and it, that is one who takes the teachings of Christ mm-hmm. and follows Him right. to live it out in the land. Exactly. That's all a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is. That's it. Now, yeah, it, 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 we make it too hard. We, we make, make it, it too hard. Too hard. We make it too confusing. When I wrote, uh, you know, a, a small curriculum for children, you know, to be disciples, I say, followers of Christ, <laughs> followers, <laughs> uh, and that, and then that was a period. It was three. It was a three-word <laughs> sentence. So yes, that yes. means, it does did Jesus smoke pot? No. No. You have to be a follower of Christ. Christ. <laughs> would would Jesus be disobedient to his mother? No. Then you are. A, do you see what I'm saying? It was just I that do. pat and clear. Let me add to that, that comment as well. We have to look. Being a disciple of Christ is a step. It is a beginning. And like I said, it's one of the uh, uh, ingredients in the recipe. Right. But that but that initial beginning is for a far bigger plan. The reason that we are disciples of Christ is that we might make Christ known. Yes. That's what we were created for. Yes. And, and, and let me say this. If we want more light in the culture, because mm-hmm. we say the culture is too dark, yeah. let's put more disciples out there. That's true it. disciples. True ones. True disciples. And see, now, that's what I'm disciples. saying. And this is what I'm saying, Pastor. Um, you, you know, because I meet with pastors and we talk and... And I try to remind them that it's not your doctrine that I'm, I even care about. If you're not coming out of that Bible, then, you know, you need to right. talk about something else somewhere else. You know, really. And, and because and you and I both know the time is so short. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yes. goodness. Yeah. And yes. It, we can't be focusing on how big somebody's church is. Or I've been to churches that have maybe 20,000 members. Mm hmm. And, you know, you walk out and people say, oh, that was a good sermon. And I say, well, what was it? And um, I oh, I don't know, but it was good. Why? Because you jumped up and down? Did, is it something? Uh, and, and then I'm going to share this with you. So, and then I go to a church where there's six people. Mm-hmm. And Come they're on. laying on hands and people are healed and people's mortgages are getting paid. And, you know, <laughs> the, the world is coming, you know, to, into that church. Six people. Yeah, because he said yeah. two. I remember. Well, my, me, uh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, 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 no. No, my, my, my grandfather uh, was my first pastor, and my grandfather would say things like, "And I was a little kid." He said, "If you haven't been through this, keep on living. That's mm. the key to keep mm-hmm. living." Yes. Okay. Yes. He, he. We never are supposed to focus anything on dying unless we're dying to self. Okay, and I know exactly. I, I know what you mean. No, no, I got you. I but, got you. But he said, keep on living. And he was saying, keep on living by the word of God. And my grandfather didn't even understand. He never went to cemetery or, you know, none of them big colleges <laughs> or any of that. Some places. Right. But he yeah. knew that word. I don't even you think know, he went to, co- I mean, to um, first or second grade. But he could tell you everything about the Bible. And, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the beauty of Christ. Yes. I, I don't get hung up on whether fathers are able to quote Scripture to me or that they know where it's located in right. the Bible. I, I want them to be able to live it. Take one verse. Absolutely. And just live it. Right. And God will multiply. We, we can't forget the five loaves and two fish. Okay. God will multiply yes, that word will. in your spirit. Yes. And if you, if you think you don't know how to address a 12- or 13-year-old daughter, Mm-hmm. Who who is going through 
oh my goodness right. in life. I know. If if you just sell out to God and allow him to multiply that word in you, when it comes time to be able to minister to your daughter mm-hmm. that way, mm-hmm. God will give you the words to speak. Yes, he and will. then as you said, keep on living. Right. And, and that's, you know, that's when Jesus said, follow me uh, in Mark uh, 117, mm-hmm. he says, follow me. And there's another part of that. And right. I will make you fishes become That's right. fishes of men. That's right. Make you become, which means you're not that yet, but as you continue to live Christ. And you know what else that, that saying too, Pastor, is that What's that it? was the emphasis. It wasn't mm-hmm. on money. Exactly. It wasn't on the business of a church building. It wasn't on celebrity. It was on, yeah. this is what I want you to do. Because everything else will fall together if you do this first. Let me One teach the, you. Uh, go ahead. Yes. No. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, know, you, this is great. No, I can, we kind of felt like it might be like this. But anyway, yes, we that's did. Fine. I think, <laughs> listen, listen. Mm-hmm. A lot of our men think, think that once we become fathers or once we become husbands, that the goal has been reached. Oh. But, but that's, that's just yeah. a stride in the bigger picture. Right. The mm-hmm. bigger picture is that you live Christ out mm-hmm. that others may know him. Right. It's bigger than your home. Yeah. It's bigger than your office. This is huge. This is a broad for God so loved the world. So yes. we're not talking about, okay, I've got to, I, tomorrow I've got to be a great father. Mm-hmm. Okay, please, let's get past that. Because you've been chosen by God, if you choose to walk with him, then he is going to make you a godly yeah. father. That's right. N- not a great or a good one, because who can define that? There's only one who's great. That's There's it. only one who's good. Right. And so w- when we are practicing the Word of God to be fathers, then God can use us, not even just in our home mm-hmm. and in our children, mm-hmm. but those children, and this is the beauty of it, check it out, those children then go off into their environment. You better believe it. You understand what I'm saying? I never will forget as a teenage boy when when the first time I started to stride outside the lines of instructions for home, there were my peers who were teenagers coming to me saying, hey, do you want a drink of this? Mm -hmm. So so you go down that path. Right. Well, let's let's reverse the scale and go, what if that's Jesus? Mm. And you're instilling and nurturing that in the heart, heart of your children. Right. And then they are going out and they're saying, hey. Do you want a drink of this? Mm-hmm. And so now you can share Jesus, and you never left your house. Absolutely. That's God designed it. That is this the is way. too easy. So, so, so first ingredient, you must be a disciple. And then, the, and, and, and then he also says, part of that being a disciple is to love God with all that you have, mm-hmm. with all that you have, your very being, everything about you yes. loves God. And to love God, he tells us in John 14, 21, to love God means that, he who has my commandments and obeys them, he is the one that loves me. Right. That's what God says. So right. he tied love to obedience. Yeah. Let us not say we love God as fathers, mm-hmm. but yet we're not obeying his word. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is not us, about us being perfect. It's about us being perfected. Right. And, I, and, and our perfecting is taking place when we're obeying the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so you love him with all that you got. And he says that the second one is like the first, love your neighbor as yourself. Right. And one of the things I want to encourage fathers to do, I want to encourage them to take time to experience the love of God. Mm. Tell them how to time. do that. What do, what do they need to do? You Let know, because somebody... You know, and, and, uh-huh, yeah, it's not a secret either. Right. And, and, you know, I remember, I remember... When I took my first snort of cocaine because somebody told me this is how it made you feel. Mm-hmm. Well, no one could tell me how it made me feel. They could give me their uh, opinion of how it made you feel. Got it. Right. I, t- I tried it for myself. Mm-hmm. And so let me take that now to Christ. Right. One of the ways to experience the love of God, and this is going to sound so simple, but it's so true, is to obey his word. Yep. Is to obey his word. And when you obey what he tells you, mm-hmm. even when it seems impossible, mm-hmm. there is a peace that wells up within you. It's not a fleshly feeling. It's not goosebumps. Right. It's not, you, you know, we, we get so sold out on goosebumps and God's dealing with goose farms. <laughs> you, know, you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> right. That's the, he lavishes it on us. Right. He lavishes it on us. And so that experience is not a 
you can't explain it in context of external, mm-hmm. but it's that peace, that love, that peace that you are experiencing internal because you obeyed his word. And let me say this to you. There is power in the obedience to God's word. Right. There is unbelievable power in that. Right. And so we cannot define God's love the way we define the earthly love. I mm-hmm. mean, okay, you wash the dishes, so that means you love me. Well, what if I didn't wash the dishes? Right. Does that mean, does that mean I don't love you? No. Right. So, so God's love, he says, it's an unconditional love. It is. It's a, as, a, as the Old Testament says, it's hesed. It's, it's loving kindness. It's, mm-hmm. it's impossible for God to not love us. It's, it's, impossible. it's impossible for him. You know, you now, know when thanks. I was, uh, well, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I want people no, 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 to understand no, the love part. When I was um, engaged to my husband, my pastor, um, the late Dr. John L. Branham, he, um, he told me so many things that come mm. to me now, like every day. So he was a, he was a God pastor. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, One of those kind that were like, he didn't care if you didn't like it. He was going to tell you, well, God said, you know, and you go, ooh, you know, but it was wonderful. But he loved you. He loved you. And he said to me, he said, he said, LaRoya, I don't want you to get um, mixed up about love. He said, if your husband doesn't tell you he loves you every day and he shows you, that's, that's his way of telling you he loves you. So, yeah, you know how some yeah. people say, well, I never heard God say anything to me. I never heard. So what does that, what does his love look like to me? Mm, and we know yeah. what it looks like. First of yeah. all, he woke you up in the morning. Yeah, you're breathing, right? Come on, you're breathing. <laughs> right. You know what your name is. I mean, there's all kinds of other things. You're right. So that love, a lot of time people say, well, nobody ever loved me. Excuse me. Yeah. You just yeah. used all of God's breath to tell that big old lie. <laughs> and listen, you know, one of the ways to put that in context mm-hmm. that I try to encourage uh, uh, fathers is that when we think of the opportunity to actually shape and nurture a, a, a young mind, mm-hmm. it, 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 without God, it's overwhelming. It's a daunting task. It, it, it's overwhelming sometimes even with God, right. you know, oh. because, because you have little adults that are making decisions out there with their own minds. Exactly. So you're laying that foundation in them in Christ. But here's something we need to just kind of step, take a step back and think about it. God took a lump of dirt. Come on. And then he breathed. Yes. On it. Yes. He breathed. And then that lump of dirt became a man. Yep. And so all of what we have in our inner workings Mm-hmm. It's sustained by that very breath that's flowing through us right now. Right. And so when we say God never loved me, if you spoke this morning. That's what as I'm you saying. Say, mm-hmm. Yeah, if you, if you spoke this morning, God's mm-hmm. love is rolling through you. It because is. Because God is love. Absolutely. Yeah, God is love. Listen, um, here's, here's, here's number two. I, 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 okay. I want to make sure I get all these. In I know, because we only have five more minutes, so you better come on. Okay, okay, I'm going to be quick. Okay, the next thing we have, the first thing we have to be is a disciple. Right. The next ingredient, we have to be a disciplinarian. Okay. Yep, God's right. love doesn't come without discipline. That's right. And as fathers, we must discipline our children. Mm-hmm. If I had the time, we can just look in the culture right now and see that that has not been held too strongly exactly. in the culture. It has and any time you have the children running the house, yeah. you've got God's divine and decent order right. out of order. Exactly. And it's going to be problematic. Mm-hmm. For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. Yes, he does. Even he as a father corrects the son right. in whom he delights. And right. so that's Proverbs 3.12. He also says, just as a father has compassion, compassion is a part of our discipline as well. Yeah. Not every time do you want to bring the hammer down. Right. Sometimes you have to be compassionate and console them. Mm-hmm. And that's just as much as discipline as it is to spank them or to take the keys away or exactly. to ground them or what have you. And then he says that the father is supposed to discipline and that a wise son will receive his father's discipline, mm-hmm. which means fathers, you've got to discipline. Don't, to, to not discipline means you don't love your children. Exactly. Which, and it doesn't mean beat them up and knock them out. We're no. not talking about that. Mm-mm. We're talking about discipline that loves through that discipline. And that goes and then, back to what you, the point you said earlier about being obedient to the things of God. 
Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And mm-hmm. it, being a father is not a faint task. I mean, you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta man up to be a father. Uh, but yeah. obedience is key. Mm-hmm. Now, so this third ingredient, because I know you'll have many callers that will come in and ask, "Well, what was the third one?" I the know, it, was, and we don't want to. He miss must it. be. He must be a disciple maker. Oh, he yeah. must make disciples of his children. Right. Matthew twenty eight nineteen. God says, "Go and go the go and make disciples." Go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. And so so our our mission as fathers is to make disciples of our children, disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. That is. Not, dis- not disciples of hip-hop, right. not disciples of drugs, right. not disciples of Xbox. Not right. dis- make disciples of the Lord Jesus exactly. Christ Follow so that they the would Christ. follow. Listen, right. listen, he says he who manages, one must manage his own home well. And if Absolutely. he doesn't manage his own home well, don't even give him the things of the church to exactly. do. Exactly. So right. in this discipleship making process, he must he must encourage, he must exhort, and he must implore his children. Mm-hmm. Those are rich words. It's that not is. about just taking the keys away. Right. No, sometimes you just need to encourage them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need to be their biggest fan and, and exhort them in Christ. Their biggest and then cheerleader. sometimes That's you right. have to beseech them and say, hey, you must do this. Right. But in all of that, the whole foundation for that is love. I want to stop here because if I get started again, we'll never get finished. And I love it. No, we, we're going to definitely have you back. We're going to do a part two. That's not a problem. But listen, tell my listeners how they can reach you. Give them an email. Listen, I just I sent a note earlier, and this is a horrible time to have my website under renovation, but it is being renovated. Okay, but no let problem. Let me give you my email address, okay. which I am begging your listeners to call. Okay. It is agape, the Greek spelling, A-G-A-P-A-I mm-hmm. dot solutions with an s mm-hmm. at gmail.com so it's a-g-a-p-a-i dot solutions at gmail, gmail.com yeah, we'll, please we'll I, want, put that, I want to take i'm sorry will, go ahead no we'll definitely put that on our website so that they'll okay, be able great, to follow great. up and, and see this has been wonderful this has been Rich. like iron Rich. sharpening iron so i <laughs> i've been really blessed. I've been blessed. and me as well you know god does answer prayer and i'm very very thankful um you're doing an amazing an amazing job you you. um i mean for you to even have a mindset that that's what you want to do you know, you know, oh. you you know, you're not that smart, so you know it had to be the no, Holy Spirit. No, you're right. Let me. <laughs> the Holy Spirit I did that. that reminder. <laughs> hey, as Paul says, I'm compelled to do this. Amen. I'm, I'm scared not to do. <laughs> okay, but that's what's Listen, wonderful. God, God bless you. Yeah, I receive it, and you're doing a wonderful job. We're gonna have you back because we got to do a part two. So you know, get ready for it. that. And um, if I don't talk to you before, have a wonderfully blessed. Father's Day. Know that you have friends for life right here at RW, and um, we are looking absolutely, and we're looking forward to connecting again very soon. Give my best to to your wife and your family. Yes, I want to say Happy Father's Day real quickly to all the fathers who are listening. Please, I want to hear from you. God bless you. Absolutely, thank you so much, Pastor Harding. Thank you too. God bless you. Okay, we'll talk soon. Okay, bye now. That was awesome. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.